and welcome to Women in the Business Arena, formerly known as the Liberation Lab. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, success strategist for women in business, and I'll soon be joined by my dear friend and co-host, Laura Guzman, an amazing psychotherapist who works with women entrepreneurs. Together, we dive into juicy topics relevant to women in business. We've learned through decades of being entrepreneurs how to conquer the business arena and achieve not just success, but fulfillment and liberation. We also believe that this is a continual journey of ups and downs, so we get honest, vulnerable, and real about what it takes to succeed. Think of this as joining our inner circle of women discussing the issues that matter and the strategies that will help you enjoy the ride. If you want to continue the discussion, join our Facebook group, Women in the Business Arena. We would love to hear from you. Okay, let's get started. Hi, and welcome to the Women in the Business Arena podcast. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, and I'm here with my beautiful co-host, Laura Shuk Guzman. Hey, Laura. Hello. How are you? I'm good. I have a little bit of a cold. So for all the listeners, my voice is a little off, but (laughs) hopefully I can survive this recording. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hopefully mine is a little improved. I'm sitting in a developing media podcast studio at my co-working space. It's in Yay. still in production. <laughs> so hopefully my sound quality will be a little bit better. Um, yeah. So, so good. All right. And today's topic is a good one, I think. I have had a lot of people ask me to talk about different aspects of this topic, um, some of the listeners. And I feel like a lot of women in business would label themselves as people pleasers. And this is a lot of things that I often work on my clients with as well, is how does the sort of these people pleasing behaviors or patterns that we have, how does that affect our business? How do we navigate that? And, you know, where is really our responsibility with people that we're dealing with in our business And where isn't our responsibility? And we've had a little bit of sort of some of the ideas around this topic before, but I think this is going to be a really good one. Yeah, this is a a great topic to explore because I think I've thought of it a lot more, or I've had discussions about this more within the context of my personal life, you know, like um, being a people pleaser with friends and learning how to set more appropriate boundaries and with my family, you know, being honest and truthful about who I am with family members. And so I think that that professional realm that you're bringing up, the business arena, is going to be a place where if I'm doing the people pleasing at home, I'm going to do the people pleasing at work in in my career. And what does that mean for uh, the success of my business? And like, how does it, what does it mean for me as a leader in my community? So, yeah, yeah. because because I think, you know, the reason why this this sort of topic is so important is because it takes us away sometimes sort of these people pleasing behavior. They're they're like a pull and it takes us away from our own wisdom and it takes us away from our own alignment and it takes us away from what we really want to create in the world and instead we're pulled by others. And I think that that's where this becomes sort of a challenge and an issue in business is when we're no longer aligned with what we feel is right because we're so focused on trying to to help and please others. Yeah, I think that's the um, the challenge. There is losing sight of what's really our own prerogative. What is it that's in alignment with us? What is it that we want to do? And you know, as so many of us, I'm sure, can think back that this conditioning, though, to please others, started 
really young. Like I can um, still observe in, in classrooms today or in mm. groups of like mixed gender children, you know, I notice that there is um, this tendency for little girls to kind of be reminded to um, check in on how their friends are doing or sort of like, you know, it's just, it's that teaching etiquette. <laughs> it's like yeah. the, the Susie Q little manners. I don't know. It's like, it even teachers mean well because they're often teaching it to both the boys and the girls. But I feel like there's more emphasis on it still, and you know, and especially in our day and time when we were growing up, of just sort of being mindful of your guest and being able to put other people's needs first. Like, well, what do you need? Always offer, you know, to check in with other people, and that is important to be um, polite, to be, uh, compassionate, to be considerate. But I think that when that's rewarded over and over and over again, we just don't learn how to, um, like adequate, adequately express ourselves or interject our true self into a situation without feeling like we have to then apologize for it. Yes. And I think that is such a good point because I think it is the reward it is the praise that we get. It is our fear of rejection. You know, it is, it's those wounds actually that trigger people pleasing behavior. You know, it's not the kindness or compassion or nurturing. Like I think that a lot of women are very kind and compassionate, and nurturing naturally. Like I feel like I've always been a very loving person. And so I don't think that that is the same as people pleasing. It's like there's a shift from doing something that's really natural to you, doing something that's really kind, to doing something to be liked, doing something to be praised, doing something for approval or for fear of disapproval. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I've actually been observing myself lately with conversations where I know it's going to be that someone's asking me for something that I can't provide. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, okay, they're going to want this and I can't give that. So like, how am I going to stand in my, um, my just truth of that? Because I've faltered in the past where I've gotten into that situation. I become so uncomfortable with their discomfort um, and I want to fix it, yeah. that I'll come to a compromise too quickly that really isn't a true compromise for me. It's like giving up something that was really important. And so in a recent incident, I stood there and felt so much of that discomfort. But I had told myself ahead of time that I'm just going to stand in it and just keep repeating my truth. And I did that. And the person continued to give me all the different reasons why I should change my mind. But I just kept saying the same thing, kind of like, and I hear you. And it was, it felt good, but it was still like so uncomfortable for me to like not give them what they wanted, you know? Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, and I think a lot of people are used to using pressure and bullying and manipulation to get people to give them what they want. So, <laughs> you know, you're, you know, it, it's, it's, it's not comfortable any way you look at it. Like when somebody is pressuring you or someone is trying to get what they want very forcefully, like that, that is just uncomfortable. I don't know anyone who is like mastered their, themselves so well that they would be like, oh, you know, that's nothing. That's fine. I don't know. I mean, maybe some people <laughs> have reached that kind of spiritual enlightenment, but I find it's still very uncomfortable when I feel someone trying to push me into giving them what they want when I feel something very different. And, and this is, you know, and I see this play out 
and my three-year-old's kindergarten as well, like, you know, where she's having these sort of social interactions where, you know, there's three to five-year-olds there where five-year-olds are, you know, really trying to sort of push her around and she doesn't want to do what they want her to do, but she ends up crying or then now she ends up being like, really sort of angry. And, you know, there's all these things that I think start at such a young age because we're sort of expected to bend to other people's will. And, you know, it starts with our parents. I mean, oftentimes, you know, parents are asking their kids to do things not always in the best way, you know, like forcefully or manipulating or, you know, I mean, we're all guilty of that. I know I am. And so, you know, we're, we're from a very young age, we're sort of indoctrinated that we need to please people. We need to make them happy. We need to, to make sure they're not displeased with us. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yes. And like as social creatures, I mean, as human beings, we love to be a part of a tribe. We want to belong to our people. And so rejection is one of our biggest fears at times. I think for most of us, if you think about what are you afraid of, um, if you don't please that person, it is that I will be rejected from this group. I will be rejected from this tribe. And so like with young children, you see them feel that and they'll cry. They'll get like angry. And it's interesting as adults, like we often have those emotions, but we've learned like the social etiquette to or like how to just kind of cover that and um, speak, you know, to the the feelings maybe and or, or to just get angry and cover it up. You know, it's like we don't actually sometimes, um, it's funny, emotionally, we may still be playing out a preschooler's tantrum, but we're not showing <laughs> We've learned, yeah. to, we've learned to cover it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, look, that happens a lot. And I think we just try to move on from things and we don't realize how sometimes they're stuck inside of us, you know, that, I mean, I know I do this as well, like things that hurt me or things that, um, the rejection that I've gotten from people, because it happens, you know, I think anytime we're standing in our truth, anytime we're aligned with ourselves, like anytime we do what is right for us it's, it's always going to not please someone like always, like it's inevitable. And I think this is not always something we think about because I know for a long, long, long part of my life, I just wanted everyone to like me. I just wanted everyone to be happy with me. I wanted everyone to see me in the best light. <laughs> and so I avoided anything that would sort of make people unhappy. I went over backwards for people. I over-delivered. I, you know, went beyond my capacity over and over and over again um, to do things just so they, that I like, you know, had no rocking waters, right? No rocking the boat, just so everything was good. And it cost me a lot. And so what I realized is when I do stand up for myself and when I do stay aligned with myself and when it, you know, it's inevitable that I'm going to make someone unhappy. And I think just owning that and accepting that is hard, but it's, it's absolutely imperative. Yeah. 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 It's, it's true. It's, I think again, learning that, like you said, I mean, to understand that that's going to often be a part of a, dy- a dynamic and that doesn't make you a bad person. Um, how do you sit with the discomfort of knowing that you can't meet that person's need right then and that that's okay? You, you, and this goes back to your question of, am I being over-responsible? So I think that in times when I'm making business decisions, like 
as the owner of a co-working space, I'm setting prices, I'm negotiating office deals, often, you know, working with people with their business budget. And there are times that they want me to lower the price for them, which I get for them that makes sense. But for me, that's really going to be a problem if I can't pay my bills, if I'm not charging enough. So there's this tendency, you know, sometimes to, I just want to just, I just want to charge them whatever they can afford. (laughs) It's like, I just want to please you. And I just want this to work out because I know how happy you'll be that you can pay whatever this amount is that you want. But I have to just sit in knowing that I'm offering a very fair offer. I know what I'm delivering and it's okay to sit in that discomfort. And they still have the choice to decide to say yes or or to say no. And if I'm taking more responsibility than I should, then I forget that. I forget that it's still ultimately their choice to do whatever they're going to do with the information I give them. Does that make sense? Yeah, completely. And I think, you know, I think the challenge too is that a lot of us are even more fearful because of the sort of exponential reach of social media or testimonials or, you know, they're, mm, I, I yeah. find that more and more people are so scared of, of causing someone to react for fear that they'll badmouth your company or your business, right? Like this is our livelihood. And, you know, as we all know, a lot more people are, it's like you could have one bad review and a hundred good ones and people are going to focus on the one bad review. Yeah. And, and so this becomes a really heightened fear. And I find more and more women trying to people please in order to avoid it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. It's like beyond the closed door negotiation room. Yeah. <laughs> it's like not just you and that other person, but often what happens if that information is shared publicly um, and someone basically tells their side of the story of this person didn't make me happy. And this right. is why. And, you know, I have heard that to the most, you know, for most of those situations, if you can have a response, it's always good Um, not to get on the defensive. But if you can ever respond to negative reviews, um, inviting them to contact you directly (laughs) to dialogue with it. Or there's some instances where you can have those things removed, even if it's very derogatory. But it's true that it's a reality um, that maybe in the back of our minds, it's like, what will this do for my business? And I think this brings us back to why we started down this conversation for people pleasing and how is it relevant to work? How is it relevant to our career? Because we understand how it may impact our relationships with our loved ones, our friends, our family, but how is it affecting the relationship with your clients, with your customer service? Like being true to yourself, is there a cost are you actually going to lose something in your business by being true to yourself? I would hope not, but I think that we have to speak to that fear, right? That that is a reality for people, that they fear that loss. Well, I, I actually think you will. <laughs> I mean, this is the, you know, yeah. this is the truth is that, you know, when you're willing to stand up, not everybody's going to like it. Like I often talk to my clients about being more polarizing in their language, right? Because the thing is, is that we have to stand true in what we believe. And often we have strong beliefs, especially if we're running a business, we're passionate about it. And so sometimes people are watering down all of those, that passion and beliefs because they're afraid to turn off 
people, right? They're afraid to, you know, trigger anyone. They're afraid. So they're not very polarizing. It's like it's neutral and watered down. And I actually think it's more important to be polarizing so that you attract the people who really resonate. And, you know, you turn off the people who aren't a good fit for you. And that's totally okay. But I think there's such a fear of having any rejection or anyone who doesn't like you or a fear of someone even like, you know, like I had someone the other day who posted something and she had a reaction from somebody. And it was just, I mean, this woman was just really nasty. (laughs) You know, like it was not, there, there was... Obviously, she had an issue and she was just being really nasty. And there's nothing you could do about that. Like you can't, you can just be as graceful and honorable and in in your own integrity as possible. You know, there's not a way to truly avoid, um, I think, negative or rejection or, you know, some of the negative reviews. I mean, and and I think we have to face that reality because I tell you the cost of not being in alignment with yourself is so much more. And I don't think we talk about that enough. Like we're so afraid of someone outside not loving us or not liking us or, you know, rejecting us. But man, rejecting yourself is like, oh, it's such a high cost. Right. And that's what that is, a self-betrayal often when we aren't true to ourselves. And um, yeah, and we tend to over um, compensate or to please someone else. And, and, you know, and what you said is so spot on, you know, about like that it's, it's kind of going to be one of those things that we just have to be okay, get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And, um, that's something I think I either read or maybe a mentor shared with me that, you know, that the more visible you become and the more um, of a leader you are, you're going to invite criticism. Like that's just the deal, you know? And for some people, they'll be so afraid of that criticism and so afraid of not pleasing everyone, then it will keep them small and it will quiet their voice. And I think that's why I am so drawn to the slogans of like, you know, speak until your voice shakes. A lot of it comes from like the feminist movement, um, be unapologetic, uh, be a disruptor, because I think that that is where I have to light that fire under me and like, remember that I am being who I am for a reason. Like it isn't just because this is what I think. Um, and I just want to, I just want you to take my way and, you know, forget about anything else. I want to fight for something I believe in. My business is about core values. It's about something I'm bringing into the world. It's something that um, in order to be successful, I have to keep making sure that I'm taking care of myself and taking care of my business, right? So there's this whole other aspect um, that for me, if I can stay in touch with that larger reason, then I can be more comfortable with displeasing people or rocking the boat or being a little, uh, being a bit of a disruptor, you know, of the scene, of the business scene. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that's really important. You know, like I, I had a conversation with someone once where, you know, they wanted me to change my program and to change what I was doing and, and, you know, because they saw it in a different way or whatever. And I said, if I was to just like change my business for you, how out of integrity would I be? Like if I didn't allow myself to feel into what's right for me and feel what's in right for all the rest of the clients that I'm going to work with for the rest of my life and, and actually honor that, 
Like, how could you ever respect me as a leader? And I think it's really interesting when we turn the tables on it because so many people assume that we should just do what they want. And they, you know, especially as, as consumers, like I think that we can get into this place as consumers where we think, well, I'm paying you, so you should be my slave. You should do what I want. You should meet my needs the way that I want them met. And that's not the agreement. And to for us to be able to, to sort of change everything for our customers, to change everything for our clients, it's misaligned with who we are and what we believe and where our expertise is, that would be denying our own integrity, our own alignment, and our leadership. Yeah. And really... Who wants to be in a world in which everyone is busy trying to please the other person? I mean, that's really a boring place to be as much as we, <laughs> I mean, we would all get pretty tired of it because I, I know that even though it feels at times that, um, I mean, for me, I'll speak for personally, I think that people pleasing has also come from a place of avoiding conflict. And I'm definitely um, somebody who just has kind of always been sensitive to conflict, to, to raised voices, to people's body language. Like I can feel it. I can feel their, their discomfort. I can feel their anger or their sadness. And so it's just been like, oh, I'm going to do anything I can to avoid that conflict. And in reality, it's the conflict that gives us an opportunity to come actually more into connection with one another if we stay present with ourselves. It's being with someone honestly and then saying, I hear where, you, where, where you're coming from. I, I can see how important this is to you and how frustrating it is that I'm not on the same page, but it would be a disservice for me to, to be dishonest and, and tell you that I agree. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like, can we just um, be more connected here? Can we hear each other out and accept that we're on opposite sides of this? And I think it's it's that misunderstanding of our human dynamic that leads us to so much frustration that we think we always have to be pleasing. We always have to be in connection. But the beauty is that we just need to learn how to repair disconnection. We need to learn how to understand when we have hurt someone or to hear you know, where somebody is coming from, but we don't have to always, it's not the same as agreeing, like to repair or reconnect or to listen or to hear someone is not at the mercy of our own integrity, our own values. And I think we get that piece confused. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we do. Like, (laughs) I mean, I can see this is going to bring my, my husband back into the podcast. Like we have these arguments all the time because sometimes he says, I'm not listening to him. And I'm like, yes, I'm listening to you. I'm just not doing what you want me to do. Like, I think there's this idea sometimes that by telling someone what we want, that then in order for them to listen, it means doing it you know, are responding to it are actually like then pleasing us, you know, I mean, because we're talking about two sides to things. We're talking about, you know, those, that side of us that is people pleasing. And we're also talking about that entitled side of us. And all of us have a little bit of an entitled side, you know, an entitled side of us that wants other people to do what we want, that expects other people to meet our needs that, you know, so there's this sort of two sides of the coin that we're talking about today. And, you know, 
either one affects your business. Now, I find that sometimes people who are extreme people pleasers are sometimes less entitled, sometimes more entitled. I don't know. It's an interesting, it's an interesting mix, that one. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, I think what we have to look at is our own behavior, right? That's what we can control. That's what we have the power over. And we have to look at ourselves and say, you know, are do we tend to, are we, like, I guess the question is, are we more pulled by people in our lives than we are by our own wisdom and our own alignment? And if so, how do we navigate that? Because let me tell you all the ways it can affect you in your business. So here's what p- people-pleasing behaviors do. They take you out of your alignment, which is really and really important. And we've talked about that in a few podcast episodes. If you are misaligned, you are not going to be able to succeed. You are not going to be able to get past some of your glass ceilings. You're not going to be able to take it to the next level. Alignment becomes very important as you grow. So it can take you out of your alignment. It can can really mess up your income because you will either over-deliver and not charge enough, or you'll lower your prices, or you'll offer discounts. Like So it really can mess with pricing if you're a people pleaser. Um, it can also allow you to keep a lot of bad fits in your business. So instead of being able to say, you know what, this is not working, you're not a good fit, you know, in my program or in my business, and I'm going to let you go. You tend to keep those people on for a long period of time because you're afraid to disappoint them or you're afraid to let them go. So that can really affect your business. It can it can allow you to not have enough capacity because you're so busy trying to people please that you don't have any capacity to, you know, be inside of yourself, to have enough time for yourself, to have enough energy for yourself. So it really affects managing your energy as well. I mean, it, it, it can change the way you put out marketing because you're so busy trying to sort of make everybody feel good that you don't actually ever stand for anything. I mean, and the list goes on and on and on. Yeah. 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 Really like this is how the people pleasing, you're just kind of detailing it out here. Like these are the things that it can do to our business. And that's why it's really important to think about it. Not just like, oh yeah, I should actually um, be better about holding my ground. (laughs) It's that you actually will be doing a big disservice to your business if you're not being true to yourself. And I think why we wanted to talk about it today is to acknowledge that you're not alone if this is really hard. You're yeah. not alone if it's your kind of your knee-jerk ref- reflex to, to move right into the pleasing. And then, you know, what we can do, what I try to do now is know that if there's a conversation that I'm going to have that makes me uncomfortable, that makes me want to just avoid that conflict or avoid that person and just give them the answer they want, then I need to do some work ahead of time. Like just sitting with myself, getting clear with why I feel the way that I feel and how I want to express myself and kind of how to stand in the wave, um, waves, many of them of discomfort, you know, that that conversation may bring. And then having also just compassion for myself to know that I'm going to do it knee jerk, like pleaser, it's going to show up. (laughs) I'm going to walk away from an interaction, but I can be more mindful now to be like, Oh, there it was. Like they asked me for something. I didn't want to be a jerk. And I said, yes. And now I don't really feel good about that decision. Um, but I can just notice it this time and have compassion for that part of me that wanted to make it all right and just wanted to give them the answer that they needed and then come back to how can I do that differently next time? I mean, like 
constant practice, like in everything else that we talk about. Yes. And it is really a practice. I mean, this is a lot of what my clients don't realize they're going to have to go through in the program. <laughs> like they, they come in, you know, thinking, oh, I'm going to work on my business. They don't realize how things like people pleasing behaviors is one thing that has to shift and change because, you know, you can't run a successful business being a people pleaser. Again, it's not about not being compassionate and caring and loving, but it is that you cannot give everyone what they want because it's just not possible. And so I think, you know, that's the the really sort of interesting part of this is it's a practice. It's something that we have to keep working on. And, you know, I wouldn't say that I'm a master of it either. I, I definitely will not compromise my own integrity anymore. So, you know, that part of it I have down, like I'll, I'll, you know, take a deep breath and it's kind of like diving into a cold swimming pool. Like, you know, when I know I have to have an uncomfortable conversation, I'll take a deep breath and then I'll just plunge in. But the uncomfortableness of it doesn't shift. Like I still feel uncomfortable having these conversations. I still hate displeasing people. I struggle when, you know, I can't come to terms with someone, you know, in an agreeable fashion. Like, you know, I'm sad and disappointed when someone doesn't get what they, you know, what they want. And yet I can't give up my own integrity. So, you know, it's a, it's a hard path in some ways. And it reminds me a lot of, um, you know, sort of Brene Brown's new book, Braving the Wilderness, because I feel like to be a leader yeah, to be successful, like in some ways, we we are braving the wilderness. We're we're willing to trailblaze, and that can be you know more of a lonely path. And and it's you know it's hard to be rejected, and partly because it can bring up a lot of old wounds. I know that's what happens for me. Like I had a lot of bullying as a, as a young child. You know, I was always sort of different, and um, always beating to the tune of my own drum, and that was not good in high school (laughs) as an example, our junior high, you know, where people bullied me and they pushed me around and they wanted me to conform and I didn't. And, you know, and so I have a lot of sort of old wounds and those patterns can be triggered even now. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And that's so important to remember that, like we said, they, they can be from years ago, but those are fundamental years. And like mine is still that being the, the, people pleaser and like the person I was the kid that the teacher would call up to the classroom and say, here's the new kid. This is Laura. She's going to make everything awesome for you. (laughs) 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 You know, it was just like seen as like that person that was easy to be around. And I was rewarded for that, um, for being able to be so adaptable and, um, and be able to feel into what people needed. And, you know, and it's, and it's good and bad because those sensitivities led me to become a therapist and it helps me really um, tune into other people. However, I've learned to set a boundary there and realize I can't lose myself. And that's what, what we want to see for um, all these wonderful women, these leaders, all of you creating amazing businesses, not to lose your integrity and yourself um, in fear that other people won't like it or will be offended or will write you a bad review. It's like we just kind of have to let go of that fear um, and know that it's still going to be uncomfortable, like you said, 
It's, it's not like you're going to take that deep breath and you're going to just plunge in and it's going to feel awesome. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Um, it's going to be uncomfortable. And often after those, those moments, like when I've stood my ground and I walk away, I'm still uncomfortable. I'm relieved that I did what I wanted to do, but I still feel like, gosh, I couldn't give that person what they wanted. And that's disappointing, but I'm proud of myself um, that I didn't, you know, I didn't compromise myself. I didn't compromise my values or my needs. And um, my husband actually started teasing me about like these, because I've been really verbal with him about some of these people-pleasing tendencies. And he'll be like, so was it a, you know, did you go for a win-win or did you do the lose-win thing again? We're like, I always, like, I'm losing <laughs> on some level and the other person's winning because it's more comfortable. He's like, are you lose-winning? <laughs> I'm like, yes, it was very comfortable. I just took the hit. <laughs> right. And I mean, just like, that is such a good point, Laura. Like, how <laughs> often do we just take the hit for comfort? Right. I mean, oh my God, if I could, if you, if you could, if you could visibly see all the hits I've taken over the years, like I would be a very, very bruised person. <laughs> yes. We just, and it's like for that sake of not having the conflict or not having to disappoint yeah. or just like, yeah. So, you know, we get it. We know that it's, it's, we're, it happens. <laughs> um, but if we can start talking about it, maybe, you know, and maybe it can become part of the dialogue when we're having these conversations, especially women with other women. Like you've got two women that are like having this conundrum, like to be able to say, you know, I really want to step in my people pleaser right now and just give you what you want. But I understand that that's actually not going to be good for either one of us down the line because yeah. I'll end up presenting it and I won't be happy, you know, so I'm just going to have to stick to this is what I'm feeling right now. And if we can't come, you know, if it's just going to be an impasse, then I guess it'll have to be that way. You know, it's like we both have to make the decisions based on the truth of how the other person feels. So I'm just thinking about all the, you know, all the ways and all the sort of pieces and of this topic. And, you know, I think just to reiterate again, like the pain of um, denying your truth and of disrespecting yourself, it really is really great. And I think, you know, when a lot of the, cause, because if you look at it in terms of women, a lot of us have denied our truth because we're devalued in the world, right? Feeling is devalued in the world. You know, our innate wisdom that can't be backed up by lots of science and facts, you know, is denied in the world. And so, for a lot of women, we've suppressed our truth. And so then we get into, you know, arguments with people or we get into conflict or whatever, and we deny more of our truth and we suppress more. We take the hit over and over and over again in all these different ways. And then one day when you wake up and you realize I'm done with this and you have to own how much you have done to yourself, it's really hard and really painful. And it's so much more painful than the feelings we feel by being rejected by someone else. And so, you know, this is something you may have already experienced or you may not have yet experienced, but I think it's important to highlight because, you know, we, we've got to go through that. Like it is really a rite of passage to empowerment that you have to be able to own all of the ways that you have denied yourself, that you have distrusted yes. yourself. Yes. And so, you know, that's a real important step in the right direction. Yes. You know, and as we mentioned in a previous episode on mental health, that like pattern 
of betraying self and not being true to ourselves can lead to really severe sadness and depression and overwhelm because we haven't been true. And yeah, I think that we take the hit in the short term, but that is a long-term consequence if we aren't able to stand by ourselves. And it's also a sadness that we won't be able to fully bring our vision into the world. If we're constantly pleasing other people, that means that we are somehow um, short, you know, kind of shortchanging our own big vision, right? Because only we know what we're bringing forth and we have to fight for it. We have to stand for it. And it doesn't always make sense to other people. And they don't always know why are you doing it this way? It's always been done this way. And now you're doing it this way. It's like, well, because I'm about change. I'm an activist for change. And this is what I do in my business so that it can be done differently. (laughs) Right. It's like those kinds of things, um, I think are challenging as we pioneer new concepts in business and we launch businesses in ways that men haven't seen it done because we're doing the feminine way (laughs) in so many corners of our life and business. So. Yes, yeah. really important. You know, as we talk about in a lot of these episodes, you know, the first step is really starting to become more aware. So becoming more aware of where we're people pleasing and, you know, just to, to be aware of where that pattern gets triggered in ourselves because it will have a little bit of different flavor for everyone. So I think, you know, it's really starting to become aware of what's happening for you and where you're doing it. And I think the other thing is starting to become a lot more aware that this is never a good thing. Like it, it is like, it's kind of like, um, a short term strategy. You avoid the conflict now for a much greater price later. And so I think, you know, we've got to, we've got to start to own and look at why, why people pleasing is not good for ourselves and it's not good for others that, and again, the difference between people pleasing and being kind and being compassionate and caring, you know, there's a big difference between those two things. So I think it's starting to recognize and be aware of how this pattern of people pleasing it really affects our our business it affects our income it affects our capacity it affects our joy it affects our impact because the more we're people pleasing the wrong people which is often what we're doing then we're not able to actually give impact to the right people and so that really takes down our ability to have impact in the world so i think yeah. we've got to kind of look at it from these these ways and start to feel and become more aware of it mm, absolutely and i think that um, an exercise that comes to mind, like as if people want something to be able to do in their journal or in their morning ritual, like thinking about, okay, when I'm people pleasing, like making a list of like, what is the short term win? When you, when you think you're taking, when you're taking that hit, what's the short term um, benefit, you know? So I avoid conflict. I get to feel liked by that person, whatever it is, it's just immediate. And then in the other columns, like what's the long-term result? Okay. So then think about if you're doing that over and over, how are you really going to feel? What's going to happen to you and to your business? So kind of, you know, just thinking about what's that short-term benefit and what's the long game as we talk about what's really going to happen over time. Because I think when we can start seeing the impact of that that self-betrayal, then we will become more self-protective and we will feel like, oh, wait, like this isn't just a matter of letting, you know, doing it one more time and just letting that person win and I'll um, please and avoid conflict. But it's a real long-term 
impact on my sense of self and my voice and the power of me that I'm bringing into the world that's being diminished when I don't stay true to myself. Yes. And I think it's also with regards to being, you know, directly connected to your business, it it is about sustainability. You know, one of the things that I believe truly is that if I stay in my integrity, no matter who doesn't like me, no matter who rejects me, no matter what bad reviews I get, no matter what happens, as long as I am in my integrity over and over and over again consistently, the good will far outlast the bad. The sustainability will be there for the long term. And I think that some of that is what we have to look at. Yes. Yes. All right. This is a good topic. I'm sure we could dive more and more into it. So thank you all for joining us this week and we will see you next week. Thanks so much for listening to the show. You can dive into more of the conversation in our Facebook group, Women in the Business Arena. You can also access all of our episodes and some great resources at womeninthebusinessarena.com. Our mission is to arm more women with the tools, strategies, and know-how to navigate the business arena with ease so they can create more success, more fulfillment, and more liberation. If you're enjoying the show and want to support our mission, you can write a review on iTunes or share it with your friends. A huge thank you to all of you who commented, reviewed, and shared our show. We are so appreciative of your support. Okay. Okay, talk to you next week.